Good morning, Nachum. Good Erev Shabbos, everybody. Tomorrow we have the privilege of reading Parshas Ba'aloscha. Parshas Ba'aloscha, according to the Chinuch, contains five mitzvos, three positive and two restrictions. However, before I begin discussing Parshas Ba'aloscha, I just feel that it's only right that we are, unfortunately, in the week of the Shiva of the unexpected passing of our dear friend, Nachum, Mayor Nachum Ben David, Mayor Weingarten, Allah Shalom, who was such an integral part of our program, JM in the AM, and was such an integral part of so many thousands of lives over these past many decades, whereby he personified Torah Yisrael, Am Yisrael, Eretz Yisrael. These were literally the core values that he lived for. And it's not coincidental that unfortunately he took leave of us in the week of Parshas Baaloscha. And in Baaloscha you find Moshe when he asks his father-in-law Yisro to join us in going to Eretz Yisrael, you can feel the excitement in Moshe's voice when he says those words, Nosim Anachnu, we are going. We are literally traveling towards. We're going home. We're going to Eretz Yisrael. And you can hear it literally in the Psukim. And this was Mayer. He was a constant mover, not just by profession. Did he know Simanachnu? Did he bring so many thousands over the years to Eretz Yisrael and to enjoy and appreciate Eretz Yisrael? But literally, as the term itself implies, that we are on the go. We are always accomplishing. We're always studying more, teaching more, doing more. And I just want to say that in the Haftorah as well, coming from the Navi Zachariah, so the Navi tells us that Hashem says, and this is Pasuk Zion in Perigimel of Zachariah, Koamar Hashem Tzvokos. This is what HaKadosh Baruch Hu is saying. In Bidrachai Teilech, if you go in my way, Vimes Mishmar Titishmor, and you safeguard my Torah, Vigamatah Todin as Beisi, Vigam Tishmor as Chatzeroi, you will show this incredible attachment to my home, my people. Literally, I shall permit you to be a walker, a mover among those who are stationary. And our rabbis understand this to mean that in the Olam Emes, the Malachim, the angels, they are stationary. They don't have Bechira. They comply with what Hashem wants, and that's it. We people down here are movers, shakers, and doers. Says the Navi, if we 
perpetuate their ways, if we perpetuate their teachers, we can cause them to be malchim, that they as well should continue their trek. And that our bracha is to Mayer's special neshama, that just as he was an inspiration, his very persona, while he was with us, please God, his memory, his teachings, his love should be an inspiration that we should be able to reciprocate to him, that he should be a mahalich, he should be one constantly moving, nosim, in the olama emes due to the very special teaching love that he gave us all the years. Tehei zichro baruch. There's something about Parshas Baha that I really believe in keeping with as the book of Bamidbar began, we are maintaining a theme of Hashem's great love for B'nai Yisrael. How so? Parshas Bamidbar and Sefer Bamidbar is called, as we know, Sefer Apikudim, the book of counting, the book of numbers. Why? Because it begins with the counting of B'nai Yisrael as well as ends in Parshas Pinchas with the counting of B'nai Yisrael. Now, if you turn to the very beginning of the book of Bamidbar, we see that the counting took place in the second year, on the first day of the second month. Okay? Now, wait a second. Second month, second year. In this week's parsha, there's something which took place on the first day of the uh, first month of the second year. And that is the laws of Pesach and the laws of Pesach Sheni. So the obvious question is, if chapter 9 in this week's parsha of Pesach and Pesach Sheni happened chronologically before chapter 1 of the book of Bamidbar, of the counting, why is the counting first? And why is Pesach and Pesach Sheni found in this week's parsha as chapter 9. And Rashi addresses himself in both places. And he tells us, number one, that Mitochi Basan, the book begins with the love of Hashem. Because Hashem loves B'nai Yisrael, he counts them. And as Rashi says, when we left Egypt, he counted them. And when we unfortunately committed the sin of the golden calf, and afterwards Hashem forgave us, he recounts them. And now that HaKadosh Baruch Hu has caused His Shekhinah to dwell amongst us. What does that mean? We know that the Mishkan was dedicated one year after they left Egypt. They left Egypt in Nisan the first month. The following Nisan, on the first of the month, we dedicated the sanctuary. Hashem caused His presence to dwell in our midst. And 30 days later, when there was a kvius, when there was a permanent 
setting of His Shechina, His Divine Presence in our midst, Hashem counts them again. Now, why is it that the um, Parsha of Pesach is not preceded that? So Rashi, in our Parsha, answers that. And he says the following. One, a mukta that there is no chronological necessary order to the Torah. But Lama Lopasa Bizu, but why doesn't the fourth book of the Torah begin with Pesach? Shehu Genusan Shel Yisrael. Because this is unfortunately a sad, it contains with it a sad aspect and degradation for the Jewish people. Shakol Arboyim Shana Shahoyu Yisrael Bamidbar. Because the entire 40 years that the Jewish people were traveling in the desert, this was the only Pesach that they brought and observed, and that is the Pesach of the second year, and after that, not. Be it because, as our rabbis tell us, the weather conditions in the desert was such that prevented the great majority of the Jewish people from circumcising their children. And if your children are not circumcised, you can't bring the Karban Pesach. So, unfortunately, and rather than highlight this at the beginning of the book, an aspect of the negativity regarding our people, the Torah slips it in, so to speak, in this week's parsha, and doesn't highlight it because of Hashem's love for B'nai Yisrael. This is, in essence, what is communicated by the Torah to us. If we know how to read between the lines, as I will show you, and in reality, this is what we reciprocate to Hashem. Namely, as the Kedusha Slevi, Rablivi Mibardichev, points out that HaKadosh Baruch Hu shows great love for the Jewish people, and we reciprocate in kind. The Gemara, the beginning of Brachos, HaKadosh Baruch Hu puts on tefillin. And what's in Hashem's tefillin? Praise of the Jewish people. Umi ka'amcho Yisrael, Who is like the Jewish people? A singular, special nation in this world. And what is in our tefillin? Hashem who praises us, we in turn, Shema Yisrael, Hashem Elokeinu, Hashem Echad, we praise Him. We find in Parshas Baaloscha regarding the way Pesach Sheni is introduced. Rashi tells us it could have been introduced like all the other laws of the Torah. Namely, God said to Moshe, Quote, now hear this, now hear this, tell the Jewish people that should there be an individual who is Tomei, ritually impure, or Terech Rechoka, or he was at a great distance and could not participate in the first Pesach, he's given the opportunity to have, quote, the makeup of Pesach Sheni on the 14th day of the second month 
namely that of Eeyore. However, that is not the case. How is Pesach Sheni introduced? Rashi teaches us, namely that good things happen through good people, namely that the Torah tells us the story, there were individuals who were Tmeim, they were ritually impure, be it the ones who carried the Oran of Yosef, be it the ones who were carrying Nodav and Aviyu, be it those with a Mace Mitzvah, whoever these individuals were, they were excused from participating in the Karman Pesach, which was being observed in the second year. And they come to Moshe and they give that famous two words, Lamani Gorah, wait a minute, we don't want to be excused. Why should we be diminished? Why should we be penalized from the opportunity to participate in this most important mitzvah? So Moshe makes a local call and says, let me hear what Hashem will respond. And the rest we know is Pesach Sheni. But think about the idea that if somebody is exempt, whoa, look at that, I don't have to do it. And what do these people demonstrate? Not that I have to do it, I want to do it. Take a step back. Is Judaism a burden or is it a privilege? And that's a very special theme which emerges from the first part of our Parsha. And indeed, that is how the Parsha begins. The parsha begins with the lighting of the menorah. And once again, Rashi asks, what is the lighting of the menorah doing here at the beginning of Baaloscha, which, by the way, has many, many different themes which at first glance seem disjointed. But if you go and take a look, you'll find the beautiful shear of Rav Salavechik, Seichet Tzadik Levracha, who saw a theme running through the entire Baaloscha. But Rashi tells us that when Aaron realized that Oigevalt, that all the other princes of tribes were represented in their bringing of Korbanos in honor of the dedication of the Mishkan, except for his, what are those two words that Rashi uses? Chosha Daito. He was despondent, depressed, amazing. The answer is, what is coming out? We want more. We want the opportunity. Kirvas Elokim, he told. We want more of an opportunity to get close to HaKadosh Baruch Hu. And this is what the first part of Baaloscha uh, demonstrates. Think about it. Moshe Rabbeinu in Parshas Eschanan where the Torah tells us, Oz Yavdil Moshe, Shalosh Orim. Then Moshe Rabbeinu designated the three cities of refuge on Avrar Yardin, even though they would not be functioning until the other three set by Yoshua in the land of Israel. So it was only like half a mitzvah, but Moshe is showing, wow, a different Moshe, if there's another half a mitzvah, wow, the more we can get, the better it is. And so, this is what the Torah is communicating, and take one last look.
You have in Parshas Baaloscha the Parsha, those two verses of Vahibin Soah and Uvenucho Yomar. Each time we are privileged to take out the Torah and return the Torah from the Aron, we recite these two psukim. And these two psukim are bounded by the inverted nuns. Now listen very carefully. The question is why? Why do we have these uh, markers between these two psukim? And once again, Rashi tells us very simply that there are simonim these two psukim don't belong here. And as the letter nun itself, if you count back 50 parshios, paragraphs earlier, it belongs in the beginning of Parshas Bamidbar in describing how the Jewish people uh, traveled after the first two camps, that's where these psukim belong, that the Oron was in the middle. The Lama Nichtav Khan, why did Hashem put it here? So that to divide between one and another bad performance bad deeds of the Jewish people, that even when we are not at our best, and even when we perform bad things, HaKadosh Baruch Hu shows His love for us and doesn't want to create a state of, quote, chazaka, of negativity, and bounds it, separates it from that which preceded it, the Tinok Hu Borea, Bibes HaKneses, as well as the complaining of the Jewish people. So, while unfortunately, after the second half of Parsha's Baaloscha, this leads to next week's Parsha of our being denied entry into Eretz Yisrael because of the hate of the Meraglim, take a step back, everybody, and realize that as the book of Bamidbar begins with the Chibo Yaseira, Hashem's love for Klai Yisrael, so too is it perpetuated. And this is what keeps us going. Not only the exactitude of the 613 plus 7 to Rabbanon, the Keser, the crown of Torah that He has given us, but the manner in which He has given it to us, namely that of Ahava. Shabbat Shalom to all.